0: Now, today's episode is a little bit different in that instead of going into the details of a certain job per se we'll be talking about how you can excel at a particular job, and that is management consulting. So we've already explored this job in a fair amount of detail in some of our previous episodes. On episode three, we had Rahul Mangla, who is a consultant at McKinsey & Company, talk about what this job is really all about. And then again, on episode number eight, we had Co. who is a consultant with AD Carney. Again, go into the details of management consulting. And on today's episode, our guest is Akash Mayur. And Akash is a consultant with A.T. Carney. A.T. Carney is a very well-known management consulting firm that is ranked amongst the top consulting firms globally. And Akash has done very well at A.T. Kearney. He joined as an associate. And then within about a year and a half or so, he got promoted to a manager which is on the faster track. And now he's been working as a manager with A.T. Kearney, for again about a year and a half. Akash has a bachelor's in engineering from McMaster University and he also has an MBA from the University of Western Ontario, Richard Ivey School of Business. So I hope that you really enjoy today's discussion. You'll find that Akash really shares a number of really great insights on things that he does and things I'm sure you can do also to improve as a consultant. So I hope you enjoy today's discussion and without further ado, let's welcome Akash hey akash hi how are you
1: i'm doing well sonali how are you
0: i'm good thank you so much and i'm so excited about today's episode because for our listeners akash and i used to work together we were both at ad carne in a previous life i was a consultant myself and now i'm going to learn all of your secrets akash
1: (laughs) sounds good sonali well we've worked together so you know all my secrets no i don't were developed (laughs) while working with you
0: Oh, cool. All right. So I'm very curious about this. All right. So I think to set things up a little bit, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, like you know, just introduce yourself and what have you been up to recently?
1: Yeah, sure. So maybe just a walkthrough of how I started off and uh, how life led me to management consulting would be interesting. And then uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit more about my personal life as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did my engineering, electrical engineering, Uh, in undergrad and I worked as an engineer for five years and when I say I worked as an engineer I spent a couple of years on the shop floor as a production supervisor then I worked as a design engineer for a couple of years and then I did some uh, product development for a year or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, At at that time engineering is like you go so deep into one subject uh, that it was a mind uh, just mind numbing for me, and I <laughs> thought it was time for a change. And I decided to go to MBA school. Sort of things that excited me about my previous job. It, as I was talking to more and more people, it turned out it would be a good fit for management consulting. And that's how I got interested in, in it. And I applied for Carney, and then Carney came about. Yeah. Um, and I think you you did a sort of a good job introducing myself. We, we were there together. Uh, I've been at Carney for about three years now, and it's been a it's been a great ride uh that's that's a little bit of background on professionally and then personally uh as you know life's been changing very quickly for for me we just had my wife and i just had a uh, a kid she's five months old now so
0: congratulations
1: yeah thanks we're we're learning every day with with minimal sleep
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess if, if you were already not short on sleep you're short on sleep even more um yeah no but i mean seriously for our listeners akash is a great great guy to work with and uh, i saw firsthand that you were very well regarded both within the company amongst other consultants at ad Carney and also amongst our clients that you were working with uh, so yeah really really excited about the tips you're going to share so I, I think if you can also describe the job a little bit right like how would you describe the job of a management consultant
1: yeah well thanks a lot for the all the flattering words um <laughs> Uh, that's very kind. Uh, so the job uh, for of, of a management consultant, I guess it's it's built around addressing issues which are usually top of mind for either C-level exec executives or uh, senior executives, so the SVP or maybe even a, even a VP in an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the range of topics, just to give a flavor on what some of top of mind issues might be for these executives, so it could be anywhere for from a uh, due diligence that a company might be doing for a, for a merger or for an integration, uh, it could be your traditional market entry uh, that comes to mind when people think consulting. Uh, it could be something to do with org design or operating model, or it could, uh, as is the case right now, it could it could very much be around resetting the cost structure mm-hmm. uh, of of the firm. So. I I think as a management consultant, you end up addressing these issues um, and then providing your recommendations and a path forward uh, to the executives.
0: Yeah. And generally, you work on these problems in a team and the project would last for a certain period of time.
1: Yeah, that's right. So the team size, I would say, varies. It it usually ends up being one manager uh, along with uh, anywhere from one analyst. To a team of uh, three to four analysts or associates, of course, having an up principal and a partner okay. in there as well. Right.
0: Um,
1: so, so yeah, the team size is about three or four, uh, and the time, the duration of the project could be anywhere as short as a as a week or two weeks to uh, usually about uh, four to six months. I would say on an average, our, our projects are like more more close to three months mark.
0: Right, exactly. And so these projects can get pretty intense, where on a regular, pretty much on a daily basis, you're trying to make a lot of progress and sharing that progress with your clients.
1: 100%. I mean, uh, it's a very short amount of time. And as you know, management consulting you, uh, the clients do end up paying a hefty uh, fees. So and and the reason for that fees is because you are providing something which is of value to them on a very short time span. So Mm -hmm. Uh each day is of importance and um, we have to act quick and which which ends up taking a lot of hours and <laughs> get it done quickly.
0: Yeah. So it's a high pressure job. And again, to set things up, it is also a job where typically you're traveling to the client side. So you're, it's not like you're coming back home. Let's say you're based out of San Francisco, but your client is in New York. Every week you'll be flying to New York and staying at a hotel for for like four to five days and then coming back and then going back again.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, traditionally, I think the model that the most companies employ is uh, leave your home office Monday morning and then come back Thursday evening. Uh, Now, depending on the project, uh, there could be some flexibility or not. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it could be uh, there's a a week where you don't need to be on the ground. You can work totally remotely from the office. Or uh, it could be that you have to travel internationally and you're away for two weeks uh, and, and not at home at all. So right. it can vary from those two extremes. But I would say on an average, uh, you are on the ground at your client side from, from Monday to Thursday.
0: <laughs> so it's, it's a fun, high pressure job. All right. So what do you think makes a great management consultant?
1: A great management consultant? <laughs> okay. So... I, I sort of think that there are three layers to, to a management consultant. And, and let me describe it and then we'll get into more details. So I think the layer one has to do with more the analytics and the problem solving pieces of it. Um, the layer two is, is more about, uh, I would say ability to have a conversation, but beyond just having a conversation, I think it's about your communication skills, about your presentation skills, about your ability to persuade somebody. And, and the layer three is uh, about, having eq about being able to read the room about being able to read not only what is being said but also being able to read on what is not being said so i think a great management consultant in in my opinion is 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 somebody who has all those three skills
0: mm. this is actually so and i love i it's always so um easy to talk to a consultant because you guys structure everything into bullet points of three each and every time (laughs) for each and every answer so it's very easy to follow so let's go over each one of them right can you share examples I think analytics and problem solving is pretty straightforward but if you can illustrate with an example
1: yeah so I, I think this is where I think this is almost table and so the way I laid out these three you can also think of these three as uh, something which is required as required as you take the next step in your career, right? So analytics and problem solving, uh, for those of you who are just coming out of the school and listening to this, it, it's very similar to what you might be working on a school project. Somebody dumps a bunch of data on on you and you're supposed to uh, look for some kind of pattern and draw some conclusions or recommendations from it, right? It, 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 it could be uh, analyzing uh, for example, I, I, I just thought of something from a case that we had done in school. We had data for reservations at a hotel and we had to figure out by looking at all, all of that data on what is the best price point that the hotel should be selling its room per night at. Uh, yes. And then from there, figure out on what the rate should be on weekdays and weekends and holidays. Ah, uh, what should be the rate when somebody calls in, compared to what you see on Booking dot com or Hotels dot com or whatever the website would be, and what should be the rate be at, at, at on their website? So, I think that's, it's dealing that's a very with all, good like, example. all, all that yeah. data.
0: Yeah. So I guess you you have certain. Uh, goals that you want to get, which is that, hey, I want to maximize revenue, but uh, sure. you know, I, I don't want to turn away customers, whatever, some 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 kind of criteria. And then you're trying to figure out the pricing. So yeah, that, that's a great example. And those are the kind of problems that you might be working on and you have to work on them in a short period of time and under a, a fair amount of pressure. So th- that's the first layer that you described. And then the second layer was conversations and the ability to persuade. So can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so I... When I think of consulting, I sort of two elements to it, right? Like there's the quantitative piece, but there's also the qualitative piece without hearing some. So as consultants, as we, we, we were talking, Sonali, we said that you we go in for three months uh, to a client side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's likely that the people who have been working there for years and years, and some people have spent their entire career working for this company, knows so much more than you'd, you would ever be able to figure out in the three months that you're there. Uh, but the problem that you're trying to solve, uh, this person or this team of people or whoever you're meeting can educate you about this problem and give you tidbits that you are not going to be able to find by looking at a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and I'll give you an example. Like, so we were working for a pharma company and there was, without getting into the details of uh, the recommendation or the conclusion that we were drawing, we wanted to go with one of the suggestions to the senior executives. Now, as we developed and got to this approach, we, when we were talking to people on the ground, they told us uh, that they had already tried something like this five or six years ago. I see. Uh, if we were to work in isolation and only look at those mm-hmm. spreadsheets, we would have gone to the executives and said, well, you know, here's this is the right thing to do. If you were to do this, it would uh, make you this much money or save you this much money or whatever the case might be. But having spoken to these people, it enriched our recommendation or conclusion that much more because they were pr- able to provide us insights on what had happened on the ground, which led to either the project failing or never taking off, and what are some of the steps they could have taken uh or they should take in the future to not have that replicate again
0: okay no this is this is a very very good point so you're saying it's not just about sort of going in there and then sitting in your room and analyzing all the data and coming up with the recommendation you also have to be a good listener and you probably have to go out and try and meet as many people at the client side as you can and just listen to what they have to say because those inputs are probably crucial to coming up with a good recommendation
1: yeah, absolutely, Sunali. I think as you play it back to me and what I'm saying, you you are doing a much better job than I am on saying on what I want to say.
0: All right, cool. So I'm a good podcast host. <laughs> anyway, um, and, and so and you also talked about ability to persuade, right? So interwoven with the conversation piece was the ability to persuade.
1: Yeah, so I, I sort of wrapped that up. And <laughs> for the people who are listening, this is not very VC, but <laughs> to take it forward, it's what, for Misi, its forward. And meCI, by the word. way, this
0: is consultant speak for mutually exclusive, comprehensively exhaustive.
1: Collectively exhaustive, I think. Exhaustive. But yeah, same, yeah. same, same, same thing.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: Um, yeah, ability to persuade. I think of this as whenever you are meeting somebody, there is some kind of a sales transaction going on. You are selling an idea. Uh, and when I think of ability to persuade, it's the same idea as when you go in to buy a car in a showroom, right? This this guy is selling you something and he's telling you about the features and he is, he is trying to figure out on what is it that you want and tell you that this car is going to do that for you. Uh, we just recently had a kid. So on top of my mind, when we went to buy a car recently was, hey, uh, it should be super safe if you got into an accident. It should be uh, lots of space in it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and a, a good salesperson would be able to read those things that are top of mind for me, safety and space and all of that, and be able to sell me something on those terms. So I think it's the same idea in consulting. When we go and we know, we think that the right path forward uh, for a client is X, Y, and Z. Now, that path forward, X, Y, and Z, could be for a for multiple dimensions or for multiple reasons that the right path for them. But if I go to an executive and, and I tell him or her that it's all these 10 reasons that you should do this, well, one, I, don't, I think you'll lose them if you were to tell them all those 10 reasons. What they're really concerned about, it might be only two,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. So I, I think... Being able to hit those two is is something which I'm relating to persuasion.
0: No, that's very important. So you're it's almost like the ability to identify what are the most important things for this person and tie right. your final recommendation to those things because then it'll be that much more impactful and persuasive. right. Yeah. And then the last layer, the topmost layer that you identified was eQ or emotional quotient.
1: yeah. so e q is, I think, perhaps maybe harder to describe but I'll, I'll take a take an attempt at it I think it's 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 the ability to understand people and being able to relate to them uh, it's 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 being able to understand not just what is being said in the room but also what is not being said in the room I, I think the uh, any any conversation uh, takes place at, at two levels right? It, it takes place at a very logical and a rational level. Mm-hmm. And then it also takes place at a very emotional level. The p- people who have high IQ are able to follow the the logical and the rational part of it. But you, they're not able to necessarily pick up on the emotions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's where the EQ comes in. Now, <laughs> I have to put a disclaimer here. One uh, <laughs> all of this is sort of it's not that I figure all of this out, yeah. out on my own but I'm saying I i, 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 I read uh, one of the newsletters or uh, uh, website for Victor Chang who's, who's one of the guys who does a lot of case interviews and he has his website caseinterview.com so some of this might be coming from him because I think I got a newsletter from him and as I was reading it and I was like man this makes so much sense
0: that's um, a good resource for my sense. yeah no don't worry we're not thinking right. that you are you got it all nailed down Akash don't worry <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I I guess that perhaps describes EQ. Uh, does that make sense, Molly? No,
0: no, that helps a lot. And I think I think where something like that might come a lot into play is that let's say you have to deliver a fairly controversial recommendation to a room of let's say ten executives who are sort of um, you know ten levels senior to you and all of that. That is when it's really important. I mean, just one of the examples when you're able, to, you should be able to read the room as opposed to just rattling off your recommendation and hoping that it's going to fly well.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and an example actually comes to mind. Uh, actually, if, when we were in training, uh, bef- uh, at, when we first joined AD Carney, one of the things that you're doing in training is, is learning how to interview. And interviewing is basically when you're at the client, you are talking to different people. And that's what we term as interviewing and understanding on what their situation is and sort of getting the data that we want to get from them. Uh, and this is a simulation, so the people that we are interviewing have been asked to act in a certain way, and 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 we have been giving a script or we have prepared questions that we have to get answers to these questions. I remember going into this room and looking at this person, and he was visibly upset. Mm. Uh, and there was, there was me and a couple of my colleagues and we sort of did not pay attention that this person was upset. Instead, we just sort of stuck to our answer, to our questions and kept asking him again and again for the da- data. And this guy just kept saying no, but we never addressed that why he was upset. Right. Now, if I, if I think back, it, it's so human <laughs> to ask on why you're upset. Yeah. But when you're doing the job, for some reason, it makes you robotic. I, I, I don't know why. Or at least that first time when I was doing it, it made me robotic.
0: Yeah, yeah um, that's a very good point. And I remember that training now, now that you say it, where each person was already told to act in a certain way. And it was important to take that into account. And and, and that's yeah. real life. That's how it plays.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I also think of this each thing as being human. I think talking to clients as you would talk in real life and not just being robotic management consultants that some of our clients think us to be
0: is is that Uh, one of your tips how to excel as a management consultant talk to clients like they're humans (laughs) be human (laughs) that's a good tip okay no but this, this is really good akash and i think this this helps us understand both the job the context of the job and also what are the kind of things you're dealing with and what are the key aspects of really doing well as a consultant. So now let's let's get into the tactics. If I were to ask you, what are the things that you do to really excel as a management consultant? What would they be?
1: So I think the the answer to this is very much on the three points that we covered earlier, right? So I, I think tactically, again, I'll, I'll just pick on those three and mm-hmm. then I'll maybe give examples on what perhaps I have done. Okay. Uh, so the analytical skills part of it. I, I, I think to me, this is very much table stakes. Anybody who's coming from a science background or a math background or law background or whatever it might be, if you don't already know this, consulting will teach you this and you should be able to pick up on it. And what I mean by that is being able to crunch through a spreadsheet, right? Either you're learning how to do regression or you're learning how to do some formulas or you're drawing uh, uh, nice graphs and Uh, in PowerPoint or Tableau or whatever the software might be so I I think one it's learning those tools which I think is the easy part
0: right and actually but just a quick this thing right that's that's an important part it's something which hopefully anyone can pick up but it's also a place where I know a lot of people struggle so uh, do you have any resources in mind that people can look at if they're just trying to improve their excel skills
1: yeah so I remember when we were when I was doing my MBA, there were. Couple of things that I had used. There was, I you know, what the name escapes me, uh, but they were there was an organization which came to our school and did a one-day session with us on on Excel and, and just on how to make a good spreadsheet or like uh, uh, the shortcuts to Excel or how to use it without using a mouse.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this is helpful. Right? So maybe if you can find the link, I can include it in the show notes for the episode
1: yeah yeah okay. absolutely okay. uh and, and i also remember doing this for free and and just going on on doing one of those trainings like i there's so many resources available on youtube so i i think if somebody was to just google excel training hmm. you should be able to pick that pick up on yeah. that easily
0: yeah okay so that's sort of your analytics piece anything else on the analytics piece
1: no i i think i think we're good there okay um yeah
0: so next you want to tie your tips to the communication skills piece
1: the communication skills, right. So <laughs> I've been thinking about it because I, I did say it wasn't VC. So maybe all of this communication, having a conversation, presentation, I think if it was to put one word to it, I would say it's storytelling, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think it comes down to be able to wrap up everything that you have done with your analytical skills and whatever insights is it that you've found and wrap up everything that you have learned from the people that you have interviewed and, and chatted with. So weaving your quantitative uh, and your qualitative, uh, insights into a conclusion and a recommendation, uh, and synthesize in a easy to understand way, uh, for, for your audience, uh, is, 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 is my number two. And I, I, I think for your audience being, being very important here, uh, If you have a senior executive, uh, a C-level guy, what he wants to get out of the presentation is going to be very different than if you were dealing with um, somebody who is very much on the operations side. Right. Right. Although it's the same recommendation, the same conclusion that you're presenting, they would want to know two very different things.
0: That's a very good point. So can you share an example of what that difference might look like?
1: Yeah, so... Um, let's, let's, I'm just thinking, thinking of an example, um, from our, from one of the projects that we might've done. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. So we, uh, let me, to paint the picture. So we were doing a due diligence, whether this company should go forward with a joint venture or not. Uh, and to figure out whether to go forward with a joint venture, there's, there was a, a number of elements that we were looking at, but one of them being on what are the synergies to come out of it. Now, to understand the synergies, both on the cost and the revenue side, you had to go through all the different line items, right? So you were looking at your COGS, you're looking at your SGNA, you were looking at all the different cost elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we presented it to the CEO, he just wanted the big number on how you got to it. And he was more concerned on what, what your recommendation is, whether you want to go forward with the joint venture or not. Okay. And if you do yeah. want to go with the joint venture, what are the three reasons that you want to go forward with it? Right. And he just wants to debate talk about it at a very strategic level. But for the person uh, who would be put in charge of impl- implementing this joint venture, he wanted to know on how we came up with the numbers. Yeah. What were our, our assumptions that we made? Uh, what were the data sources that we got at? Right,
0: so two very different uh, point of views. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. No, that is very very helpful. And is so you talked about that? You know, it's ultimately it comes down to being able to wrap up everything that you've learned and your recommendation into a story for your audience, right? So, do you do anything to improve your storytelling skills?
1: Ah, uh, yeah.
0: I or like what? What I'm, makes I'm, a good story?
1: I'm I'm constantly learning on your the storytelling piece of it. And I'm trying to think on what is it that I actively do to improve it? One of the things is in, in consulting that we learn from our managers or principals or partners. Um, but I think the other thing that makes you get better at it is also those conversations, right? Like when you when you have a nice recommendations and wrapped, you've wrapped up your uh, analysis and you've synthesized all the data and all of that, Hopefully before you did all of that or along with it, you've had discussions with your stakeholders. And from those discussions, you should have been, you should have been able to figure out and was, what is it that they needed or what is it that they want to hear or are or, or, or looking for. Um, and I, I guess storytelling becomes about being able to tie back whatever you found to the discussions that you had, you've had previously.
0: I see. So it's so I think what you're trying to say is that when you're presenting your final recommendation, it's not purely sort of showing them the data. And, you know, this is what the data says. You're you're actively bringing in all the conversations and the people you've met and how all of that ties into your final recommendation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so now I, I was saying earlier, right. Like It's 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 weaving into that quantitative and the mm. qualitative side of it. Right. Yeah. Like so I mean, I think our conversation is focused very heavily on on the data side of things. But think of and and an, I know you have probably done some of these projects as like organization design projects or operating model projects. They are very data light and very qualitative heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and it's just interviews after interviews and figuring out what is it that people. What what the roles of people are and how they intersect and in across different departments within an organization uh, and, and what a new organization structure should look like and and all of that usually comes from 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 interviews from and not and less so from 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 heavy Excel
0: skills. Well, that's a very good point. So, do you do anything to because I mean. If I if I take a step back and think about what it's like, you're someone who is a complete stranger to a new organization. And now let's say like, take, let's take the example that you just gave, you have to come up with a new organization structure. And let's say there are a 100 potential people that you can meet who may have a point of view on this, but none of them know you, you don't know them, you don't know what they are, you don't know what they look, what they like, do not like, how do you broach these conversations?
1: Yeah. So I, I think, Sonali, this is one of the toughest parts of the job, uh, because every time you get into an engagement, it's, you are starting those relationships, uh, fresh. Um, and I, I don't think there's an easy way to break into any of these, uh, conversations. Most of the times there has been a, a CEO or a C-level agenda and these people that you're talking to have been told that they have to talk to these consultants. Uh, whether they want to or not, and 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 some and you get a mix of it, right? Some people are indifferent. Some people don't want to don't want to talk to consultants because they've had some bad experiences in the past, or they have some misgivings on why we're there. And and some people are happy to talk to it, talk to us. And mm-hmm. I, I think the initial conversation is just about uh, being very transparent on what is it that you want from the conversation and why you're there, uh, and, and just getting to it. But as you go along in that conversation, and I'll bring back to it that being human, um, I, I, I remember having a conversation with one of our senior clients who was in an R and D, and we were him and I were were talking about pretty much eliminating his entire organization.
0: Wow! Well, and yeah. it's
1: it's a very difficult conversation, and this is like the second or the third time that we're meeting him. And it was important to do that because we wanted to understand on what would the impact be on the organization if that happened. And I, before going into the room, like I put myself in his shoes. I, I thought of the people that he had worked with day in, day out for 12 or 13 years and had the kind of relationship that he must have had with his people and what he would have developed and the feelings that he might have. There's no way that I could really empathize with him, but I tried to put myself in that situation. So when I go in, I could at least try to relate. Um, and, and there were many times where I was just upfront as like, Hey, John, I, I, I know this is a very tough conversation and I'm, I'm sorry that we're ha- Not, not, I'm, I take that back. Not sorry, because <laughs> you this is your job and that's why you're there. I understand this is a very tough conversation and, uh, this must be very tough for you, uh, but just sort of bringing back on why it is yeah. that it's necessary to do. Yeah. But there's no no easy way out of it.
0: Boy, yeah, that those conversations are I guess definitely you probably don't want to have them. You don't want to have a lot of them in your life anyway. Um but yeah, so and have you found any other things that you found helpful in just initially breaking that ice with uh, new clients? I mean, the situation that you described is, is anyway a very, very sensitive one. But even otherwise? Um, yeah, so even otherwise,
1: so yeah. I, 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 the one that I'll point is is very um, sensitive. Uh, some of the other situations that, which I think works well, I don't know about breaking the ice as much, but as you get to know the person a little bit better, uh, as you're going in for your interim review presentations or your weekly reviews, one of the things that we try to do is, is the people that you're close to is letting them own and present the work, Um, which sort of does two things, right? It it tells the person that you're not in there to take credit for all the work that they've been doing. Uh, And it's likely that the work that you have done in the two weeks or three weeks or four weeks is built on the work that these people have been doing and you're going in there and you're taking the next level. So letting them present it does two things. It, It makes them feel comfortable and trust you. And the second thing it also does is that it, it sets up a very strong, organic framework within the organization, which uh, can help for future implementation of whatever strategy or recommendation that you're going to leave this place with.
0: Right. Because right. suddenly they will start feeling much more ownership over that thing if they actually start presenting it.
1: Right. 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. This is really, really good. And, and your third layer was EQ. I, I don't know what you'll share under EQ.
1: I as as we were talking about point two in the back of my head, it was like, what what example am I gonna give for EQ? <laughs> yeah. uh, I you know what Tony? I don't know for, for EQ and how I, I think I think this is one of the harder ones. I feel like a lot of people who don't make it into consulting are not the people who don't have high IQ or are not good at analytical skills. I I think it's because they're not able to relate to the client. Um, and I, I don't know what's an easy way or any way to, to learn that. Um, I, I know, again, I'm, I'm going to bring this Victor Chang thing and I, I feel like I'm advertising, for him, but I know <laughs> yeah. he does like seminars or, or workshops to, to talk about this, this subject. Uh, the, the other ones being, I mean, I, I think it's just being trying, putting yourself in another person's shoes, maybe a step one to developing that, that EQ and understanding others points of view. Um, but so I, I, it, I
0: know, I know this is a hard topic, but I know that you're good at this because I have seen you work as a consultant and I, I won't take the name of the client, but I remember one of the projects that we worked on and the client was going through a very tough situation, uh, but you were able to establish after some time, a very good rapport with the client. And what, what do you think it is I mean it, and it could be simple things maybe maybe you sort of take your time maybe you don't sort of get to the like you know hey you know like it's business as, as usual maybe you're not very transactional like what is your approach you think which helps you develop that relationship with clients
1: so I, I think Sony, a lot of it is just listening uh, less talking and more listening especially upfront uh uh Uh, other things that i try to do is is when you go in a room is observing on what's around you And, and this client that we were talking about this is silly right this uh i had gone to i think we were in chicago and i went to this guy's office where the relationship was tough and i i sat down and i looked around in his office and I observed on what are the things that he had up he had a he had a certificate of a marathon that he had completed. There was pictures of his family. Uh, I, I remember the pictures we were taking around Halloween time. There were pumpkins around, right? So I, I took a break from the serious topic that we were discussing. And we were like, hey, so you were running a marathon. Tell me about it. Or I sort of try to bring my own experiences at it. Uh, and hey, I, I have done a 5K. k and I almost died after doing a 5K. I can't even imagine how you did a 42K. Right. So it's 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 silliness like that, which I think works for me. I I don't know if it'll work for uh, other people, but I I try to relate to them. Uh, I I try to put my bring my different pieces of my life, although the situation might not exactly be the same Mm. to uh, and apply them to that scenario. Um, The
0: the other thing that I
1: think that works really well is face to face conversations rather than doing it over the phone. I, I think the situation that you were describing, Sonali, I think that was one of the differences uh, on being on the ground in person rather than doing over the phone.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, because a lot of times when you're working with clients that are spread out across the globe, it might not always be very easy to meet them in person, at least not all of them, but depending on the situation, you might want to.
1: Yeah, and I, I think this goes back to the what we were discuss, discussing initially is is uh, that the conversation happens at two levels, right? It, it happens at what is being said hmm. and what is not being said. Hmm. And what is not being said, it's hard to read that over the phone. It's almost impossible to read that over the phone.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so Akash, I think this was this was really, really good. You gave us some great insights in terms of really what what helps you excel as a consultant. That, that probably constitutes 99% of it. But is there like a remaining 1%, let's say some best practices around things that you should do on any engagement?
1: Yeah, well, fair. I, I mean, I think you've covered 99% of it. I think that's... I, I wish I, I told you 99% of it, which <laughs> will be great, but I, I don't think I have. Uh, but I, I get your, get your question. Yeah. So um, I, I think very tactically, Sonali, I think week one when you're on the ground, um, one of the things that I increasingly, increasingly think about is what is our end deck that we want to present? And what I mean by that is... Um, what do we think our our recommendation is going to be so if you filter that back one layer it's about what is the hypothesis that we're trying to prove or disprove and uh, whatever that is from there um what kind of data do we need to to be able to prove that hypothesis what are the who are the people that we need to meet who can tell us more of the qualitative side and get that information from them so it's about having a, a skeleton of that deck ready, skeleton of that analysis ready, uh, even before you have begun or, or day one of when you've begun. Oh wow, you
0: okay. of course
1: okay. you of course refine the deck as you go along and maybe the hypothesis doesn't get proven the way you were thinking of and that's fine. Um, but it's, it's about having being ready because you know we talked about working very short and compressed timelines. Right. and I think having that kind of preparation makes your six weeks or three months. Uh, Much easier.
0: Yeah. You hit the ground running and you have something to begin working towards right from the get go. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: What else? Um, Number two would be, uh, I, I guess, part of this whole thing is. Uh, being able to get that data on time and getting the interviews set up and the meeting set up. And I think that one's more important as well, because let's say you're in there for a six week engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes it turns out that some of the key people are out on vacation or two weeks or, or two weeks of, out of those six weeks. And it just makes your job that much tougher. So if you haven't planned ahead of time, you might, you might never be able to get to these people.
0: I see. Yeah. So you, so you try and get their calendars on in sort of in your first week itself and put those meetings in place
1: yeah yeah absolutely okay i I think that's this is all very much housekeeping logistical things but this is helpful this is helpful
0: yeah i mean these small things can have a huge impact right because if you don't set up that meeting and then some key stakeholder is out of office i mean that could that could seriously impact your work then absolutely yeah absolutely
1: um the other couple of things i would say is uh is about getting to know your own team uh Consulting is, is different in this sense in, uh, compared to industry is that likely the people that you'll be working on your team with, whether it's a manager or a principal or a partner or associate or an analyst, are the people that you have maybe met but never worked on before. Yeah. Um, and as much consulting companies try to standardize and give the same experience, every person is different. And we should be able to to account for that. And and that can be done by having initial meetings where you set expectations. The manager can tell you on what sort of his style of working is, what his idiosyncrasies are, what is it that he or she expects from you. And and the same thing back from anybody else who's on the team, right? Um, That's
0: a great uh, idea. It also helps that I'm sure it helps the team work better together because you get a sense for if you can meet if you can on day one align on this is what I expect this is what I like and each one each person on the team says that that probably helps the rest of the projects uh, go a, a lot smoother. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. Uh, and I think I, I have one more for you, Sonali.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm all yours. The last one. Yeah.
1: Um, I think the last one is uh, getting to know your client even before you arrive on the ground. There's there's so much information uh, on the web that you can read about the client. Uh, whether and, and don't don't take anything else. Just take their quarterly report or their annual report. There's more information that you'll find on that report than you'll find anywhere else, and likely information that a, a lot of people in your in your client's organization won't know about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you, would, and that, you read you read the, the sort of the annual report or the 10K? Yeah. Okay. And are there any particular things that you look for in the annual report? Well, yeah. I mean, some of the
1: simple ones is just what's been the trends on your revenue and cost, which is the most straightforward. Uh, if, uh, once you start looking a little bit deeper is uh, which are the business segments which are doing well or are there some new uh, recent business segments that have been added uh, you try to get feel for the people who are at the organization and sort of what their tenure has been. Uh, they can even tell you about um, uh, on how the shareholders have been uh, at, at the company. It can give you a feel for the culture of the company uh, depending on what their values are. Right. And a a, a lot of information.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure this helps you when you're finally on the ground. You're just much more familiar with the client and it'll help you in those conversations a lot more. Like as opposed to appearing like a complete stranger who doesn't know anything. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. All right. It's wonderful. This is excellent. Thank you so much. Anything else that comes to mind?
1: Well, the other thing, the only thing that comes to mind is I think a lot of people who are looking to get into the job are, are having... Questions very similar to what you and I discussed. Uh, I feel people who approach me uh, could do this kind of research by listening to your podcast. And I know having gone through your website that you have podcasts there from consultants, not just myself, but others as well, which will help bring a very diverse perspective to to your audience uh, and get them ready to have more meaningful conversations when they reach out to the companies that they want to interview at.
0: I'm very happy to hear that. So you you plugged two people. One is Victor Shank, <laughs> yeah. and the other is me. I should
1: be getting royalties for this.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Alakash. This was wonderful, and I uh, hopefully I'll see you around sometime if you're ever in California.
1: Of course. Great chatting as usual, Sonali.
0: Thanks, Alakash. Take care. Bye bye. Alright, so that was Akash on what he does to excel as a management consultant. I really hope that you enjoyed today's discussion. And if you enjoyed it as much as I did, you should subscribe to the podcast. Simply search for Learn, Educate, Discover on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or whatever your favorite player of choice is. Hit subscribe and while you're at it, leave us a review. It really, really means a lot and it helps a lot with the rankings. So leave a review. You can also check out our website at www.learneducatediscover.com where you'll find a list of all the previous episodes as well as other helpful resources. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter on our website where we share not only a list of new episodes but even other helpful resources. So as an example, in the most recent edition, we shared a whole bunch of really, really helpful resources for anyone who is interested in a career in data science. And this was put together by Yashaswani Kotresh, another guest on our podcast who is a data scientist with Walmart Labs. We also shared some interesting apps such as Headspace, which is a great app for anyone who is interested in introducing some mindfulness into their lives. So check out our newsletter. Just go to www.learneducatediscover.com where you can subscribe to the newsletter. Of course, if you have any questions at all for Akash or for me, you can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at led underscore curator. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover, where if you like the page, you'll start getting updates on all the great episodes that we are putting together right there in your Facebook newsfeed. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and until the next one, adios.